0: Whose side are you on? It's a question labour insiders have often asked the Guardian over the last hundred years, and the answer has not always made them very happy. You're listening to Elaine Mulholland in a GE podcast to mark the hundredth anniversary of the creation of the Labour Party. The question, which I'll be putting in a moment to some of the elder statesmen from the party and from the paper, is how difficult has the relationship between a progressive paper and the People's Party been? Press barons are notorious for dictating to the editor the political direction of their paper according to their usually right-wing tastes. But The Guardian is owned by the Scott Trust. No overbearing Murdoch or Beaverbrook figure here. That's not to say the editors didn't bring their influence to bear, particularly in the early years. The Guardian was founded by a staunch liberal called John Taylor in 1821. The Manchester Guardian came out of the ashes of the Peterloo massacre when eleven Mancunians died after the army violently dispersed a peaceful protest about the lack of parliamentary representation. The new paper's ethos, in its own words, was to enforce the principles of civil and religious liberty and to assist the just diffusion of just principles of political economy. By the time the Labour Party came along more than 80 years later, the Manchester Guardian had a long tradition as a Liberal paper It was even edited by a Liberal MP at one point, as Narkin Dean, one of the paper's leader writers, recalls.
1: C.P. Scott, our editor, was a forceful Liberal who stood for Parliament six times and got elected four. And his diaries, he edited the paper while still being a Liberal MP for Manchester and used these amazing diaries where he'd come down to visit Lloyd George and hear cabinet secrets and never report them in his paper, (laughs) but you could see them in his diaries. By
0: 1931, the political direction of the paper was beginning to show signs of change, daring to suggest to its readers to vote Labour in some constituencies, a call it repeated again in 1935. The first test came with the end of the wartime coalition and the general election of 1945. In all but two of the 18 leaders written ahead of polling day, the editor of the time, A.P. Woodsworth, told readers to vote for the Labour and the Liberals, but the usually politically shrewd Guardian editor was one of many to misjudge the outcome of the contest completely. The leaders advised on tactical voting to avoid the great danger of an overwhelming Conservative majority. The chances of Labour sweeping to the country and obtaining a clear majority over all other parties are pretty remote, he warned. Michael Foote, now in his 90s, recalls favourable Guardian coverage when he stood for the seat of Devonport more than 60 years ago. No, well, it was a very exciting election. We never expected
2: to win in Devonport because it's never been a, a Labour seat before, and it, and of course uh, I don't think even the Guardian expected such a to Labour, but some people did, and especially the people in the Labour Party, who given the the strongest leadership, were the ones. And uh, Arlen he came down and spoke in my Denbigh constituency, and he and uh, Jill Craig, who was listening to him, they were the ones who were really thinking we were going to have such a big victory, and that was the feeling up and down the country. It was
0: a tremendous occasion. Mr. Foot leader during the party's lowest point, looks back fondly on a long and intense political relationship with The Guardian.
2: I couldn't have imagined life without The Guardian, especially their great parliamentary reporters. Number one in my time was uh, Ian Aitken, who was the political editor of The Guardian, and he had a say in uh, the whole world, which uh, helped also. But then also, as I think back, uh, when I first got in got back into the House of Commons after the war. The, the uh, parliamentary correspondent of the Guardian was Norman Shrapnel, a very famous chap, uh, and a very wonderful reporter too, and he could uh, enliven uh, the whole place. I, I, I can't imagine uh, Parliament properly proceeding without guardians, people watching, keeping watch over us and keeping us in order, but also inciting us to new rebellions.
0: The relationship did not always run smoothly, however.
2: They didn't always agree with what I was doing, I didn't always agree with them. We had some uh, differences of opinion, for example, about the the Falklands War, where I think it was quite right that we should uh, have supported the expedition that uh, uh, we carried out then, and uh, the guardians or some of the people there uh, didn't agree, and I had a big meeting with the the editors and the other political writers there. But in the main, you know, we owed a great debt to what the guard they were upholding the real liberal ideas, the best sense of the term, and that was uh, really to the benefit of the Labour Party too.
0: Foote's deputy, Dennis Healy, also looks back on a fond relationship with the Guardian, though in his view, it was never a Labour paper. Not
2: Labour, but left to centre. I always regarded it as a liberal paper, but as you know, it supported Labour on most most issues.
3: I think it was fair. You know, I mean, one doesn't always agree uh, with anyone, including oneself. But uh, I thought, apart from Peter Riddle on the Financial Times, it was the fairest and most penetrating
0: correspondence always. Tony Benn a politician who became even more left-wing as he grew older, doesn't believe The Guardian was ever a Labour-supporting
3: paper. The Guardian, of course, is, I mean, it's not a political party, it's a newspaper, it has its wide audience to consider, but I've always regarded The Guardian as sympathetic to progressive causes. I am mean, not a Labour paper, certainly not a socialist paper. It's not very interested in or sympathetic to the trade union movement, but on broadly progressive causes, uh, The Guardian has always been Uh, something you wanted to read, and the comment is a very broad range of comments, not just from one opinion, and um, the Labour Party, everyone I know in the Labour Party, just regards the Guardian as uh, absolutely necessary to read every day as I do.
0: He has some clean recollections of when the paper got it right, but not always. I think in
3: 1945, when it was an overwhelming vote for Labour, because uh, people wanted to reconstruct after the tragedy of the 30s and the horrors of the war and that the the uh, Guardian is very sympathetic to that Um, later I think in 51 it was not supportive when Labour was defeated I I seem to remember that it felt it was time for a change in 51 but it varies a bit at the time of Suez it was all right at the time of the Gulf War uh, it was uh, sort of a bit on the one hand and on the other hand and we hope that wiser counsels will prevail if you know what i mean <laughs> broadly speaking the guardian has always supported the right wing of the labor party i mean for example a bevan who resigned in 1951 over the rearmament program uh was denounced by the guardian although actually Nye was right there was no uh, threat no soviet threat the whole cold war thing was a myth And uh, Nye was right, and it was the rearmament program that destroyed the Labour Party in 1951. We couldn't afford it. It led to inflation and so on and so on. But Nye got the blame for it. And similarly, I think, when the SDP was formed, 10% of the Labour MPs left the Labour Party and joined another party with full Guardian support. And uh, they were never blamed for the defeat in '83. Oh, no, 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 it was left that was responsible. So, I mean, I found myself uh, taking a different view from the Guardian uh, leaders and much of the comment. Uh, because I think it is difficult for people still to realise that in the House of Commons you have votes and you have to decide what to do and people have different points of view you should listen with respect to all of them and The Guardian in that sense does because it publishes comment from across the political spectrum but its own instinct is, broadly speaking, right-wing Labour.
0: Not surprisingly, and Dean
1: disagrees. If he thinks of it as... We're not a Daily Herald, which used to be a, a tra- the Labour movement's paper. He's right. We're not any party's paper. What we are, though, is a left of center paper, with its, uh, our own agenda. And we have consistently supported Labour uh, in most elections, sometimes reluctantly. In 1983, when the Labour themselves was saying their manifesto was the longest suicide note known to man. There was a good deal of reluctance, but, but um, in my time we've never supported the Conservatives uh, because we wanted a fairer society, more opportunity for people, more investment in public services, all of which in the 70s and 80s were ran against uh, Conservative tradition. Has the guidance
0: served as an influence on the Labour Party? The last word to Malcolm Dean
1: you have to be very careful about what influences a newspaper. I'm hoping I come to the end of 38 years on the paper in June and hope to write a book on this area. And I would say it's about media fingers in the social policy pie, and it will be not our own paper, but the tabloids and right-wing papers who, through their misinformation and myths and plain downright lies, often shift attitudes to a much more right-wing position and therefore end up with even Labour governments adopting in those areas where public fears can be fanned, like like, uh, like asylum, uh, immigration, prison, penal reform, welfare, ends up with governments shifting policies too far to the right than, than they should be.